grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes it seems like we have something completely figured out. And the issue's closed. I got it figured out. I got it handled. I don't need to rethink it. I don't need the directions. I just got it together. And it could be a certain way we think, a process, and how we kind of get to uh, make a decision in our hearts and lives. It, it, it could be a way of doing something. I always do it this way so I never forget. It, it could be that whole big piece of life thing. I have my life figured out. I, I have it settled. I'm, I'm done. I, I don't need to rethink it. I got it all together, so just let me do my thing. And then someone says something, and it hits you in a funny way. And all of the things that you were so sure about and all the things you had figured out so perfectly are, are, are kind of looked at in a different manner. And you have to reconsider how you do something, how you feel, the trajectory of your life. And, and the mind spins and the mind goes to new places and, and maybe leads to new understanding. But, but there's that place of restlessness in that, which you see here in John chapter 3. Nicodemus seems to have everything together. He had his whole life figured out. He, he was not a, not a guy who was shy or backward or whatever. And and so he comes at night to Jesus, not in the middle of the day where it can be seen. He, he comes at night and he taps Jesus on the shoulder and he said, Hey, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. He's poking at Jesus a little bit. He's saying, I've seen what you do. I've heard the messages that you bring. I had this all nailed down. I had this all figured out. But, but now I'm a little bit restless, Jesus, because it's different. And I don't like it. I don't like thinking different thoughts. I, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a guy who's got it all together. At least it looked like he had it all together. He came from a wealthy family. He had position on the Jewish ruling council. So he had political power along with his wealth. And he had his way of life nailed down. He was a Pharisee. He, he kept the rules. The scribes wrote the rules. The Pharisees kept the rules. He was the man. And those Pharisees had rules upon rules upon rules. They extrapolated out of God's Ten Commandments thousands and thousands of rules that somehow if you were obedient enough to God, then everything would, then God would love you. And Nicodemus and the Pharisees, they were excellent at keeping the rules. They weren't halfway at keeping the rules. They were the best at it. And they were so good at it that they let others know how holy and perfect they were. Even the word pharisaical has weighed in our culture 2,000 years later. But he had seen something in Jesus. He had heard something in Jesus. And his whole worldview was now askew. Everything that was packed had now been unpacked. Everything he had figured out now needed to be rethought and, 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 and reasoned out in a, in a different way. And Jesus, instead of putting his arms around him and saying, hey, I've, I've got this all figured out. Let me give you a little quiz. I've got a PowerPoint for you. Jesus says to him these words, 
Nobody can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. When I read that, I can almost see Nicodemus' eyes spinning. He's going, just for the, just relax. I, I, I had this all figured out. And now you're messing with my brain and you're messing with my heart. And you're messing with my life. Just tell me what you're all about, Jesus. Are you the guy or are you not? Because I am twisting in the wind here. Seems to me we have a lot in common with Nicodemus. I know I do sometimes. Sometimes I think I have everything settled and figured out. This is how it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, someone offers an opinion. Someone offers a new, a new way of thinking. And, and then my brain goes off into right field. I think I have it all figured out. And then, not so much. In a community like St. John's, a community of thousands of families, I see that day in and day out. A family is rolling along and things are going well and, and, and everything's kind of going. They got their whole life packed up and together and everything's good and easy. And all of a sudden, the email comes across and said, Pastor Tim, we went to the doctor. We've got a mass. Dad has a mass in his chest. And everything spins in a different way. Everything is going great financially. We have it all figured out. But then we have a great recession. We have great inflation. And we have higher interest rates. And all the plans we had to get everything together in our lives according to the spreadsheet of our own lives, it just goes cattywampus. And everything that was tightly pulled together, everything that was stowed away beautifully, all of a sudden is going in a different direction. Maybe it's not about the outward stuff. Maybe it's about the inward stuff like Nicodemus. We have everything kind of put together in our lives. We think we know who we are. We think we know where we're going. We think we have everything kind of, kind of put, put together in a really good way. And then something happens or, or something is said. And we kind of shake our head and we say, you know, I never really thought about it that way before. And then all of a sudden we're thinking, and when we live in a time of great upheaval, and so many are trying to figure out the answer to the greatest question in the world, which is, who am I? And even now we live in a time when people seek to identify themselves with an idolatrous worldview, saying, how I identify myself is more important than anything else, and then it's settled until it's not. How's your heart? Where's your mind at this morning? What are you thinking about? When life is quiet and things are mellow, when the lights go out at night and you put your head on the pillow, what are you thinking about? What is the voice that you hear and what does that voice say? Because for Nicodemus, the voice was saying, Everything that you believed in, everything that you held dear just ain't working the way it is, the way it was because of this guy from Nazareth named Jesus. When everything's quiet, what do you hear in your heart? 
And so Jesus begins to teach. He says, Rabbi, you are. We got this figure out. So Jesus, the rabbi, begins to teach. And he goes, back to the Old Testament. He, he's, he's teaching the professor about the, the faith. And, and so Jesus goes back to the book of Exodus. He says, remember when the people doubted God and, and God and Moses were angry? Remember when they had that conversation? Remember when the people doubted God? Remember when they were attacked and God told Moses to put a bronze stake, snake on a staff and that everyone who looked to the snake would be saved? Nicodemus nodding the whole way saying, I got it, I got it, I got it. I know that story. I remember that. I learned that in Sunday school in a Lutheran church. It was great. I remember that. And Jesus said, just as Moses lifted the snake up in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And then the light starts to go on for Nicodemus. It wasn't going to be about the rules. It was going to be about the Son of Man, about Jesus, the one to whom he is speaking that morning. That would be the one who would be lifted up. Jesus is telling us who are on our Lenten journey to, to Easter, he's telling us that when he is lifted up, when Jesus is on that cross, he will be the final sacrifice and the perfect sacrifice for the sin of all humanity. All of Nicodemus and all of humanity will be drawn to God by the sacrifice of Jesus. Anything that would keep humanity from God is going to be removed as Jesus is lifted up on the cross. All of humanity's disobedience, the guilt, the shame, all of the pieces that keep us up at night are gone at the cross when the Son of Man is lifted up and the gate of heaven is open. And then in a marvelous work of providence, he speaks to the water and the Spirit. Jesus links the water and the Spirit, and maybe he's not speaking explicitly about baptism, but I'm telling you, it sure sounds an awful lot like baptismal language this morning. That delivered to Viviana is the gift of faith in the one who is lifted up. And baptism links her and all the baptized to the benefits of Jesus and His cross. And then there's one more piece. And I don't know if you remember this. I'm getting a little old now. In our family, we say, I love you all the time. The best piece of that is when a grandson says that, right? Or a granddaughter says, I love you, Papa. I love you, Mama. But I wonder if you'd go back a little farther with me, fellas. And you leaned over in the front of your Pinto and you looked at the girl you'd just gone to the orange drive-in with or wherever, Ruby's out on the pier, and you leaned into that and you said, I love you. And then you waited how long? Five, six years? At least that's what it felt like in the front of the pinto. To hear those marvelous words come back. I love you too. I love you. I love you too. And everything changed. Everything changed. Little step was a little, yay, little looser, little mellow. I'm loved. I'm loved. This is great. I'm in love. And you want to buy candy and flowers and be with that person all the time. Why? Because you're in love. I love you. Do you love me? Oh, I love you more than life itself. <sighs> There's nothing like loving and being loved. 
Everything changes. The relationship goes from Netflix and chill to something deeper to something more intimate. And certainly a place of vulnerability on both parts. Both the one who is loved and the object of that love, when they come together, there's a vulnerability that is marvelously blessed, especially when that is for husband and wife. I remember. I remember. I love you. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. I love you, too. John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. The Word of Jesus changed everything. For Nicodemus that night, religion and faith wasn't about keeping all the rules and being perfect. It wasn't about everything you had to do to somehow keep this fire God happy so that God wouldn't rain down thunderbolts and fire and brimstone and sulfur on you. Nicodemus was so used to to looking at the law and saying, what else can I do to keep God happy and to keep God off my back? And Jesus says, it's not about that big guy. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. In essence, God is saying to Nicodemus then and to us this morning, I love you. And not just you, but the whole world. Not just a certain ethnic tribe of Israelites who came out of Egypt. Not just the holy people. Not just the wealthy and the political and the well-positioned people. God loved the world. And that going forward in the teaching of Jesus, that faith in God would be about love for humanity. And a movement initiated in Jesus would go to the very ends of the earth And it would start by the Son of Man being raised up on a cross and dying and then being raised from the dead. And in His name, in the name of Jesus, the gates of heaven being opened for His people. For all who believe in Jesus will not perish, but have eternal life. What is your identity? And what do you hear when it's quiet? Is God rocking your world with His love? Would you be willing to entertain in those moments of fear and anxiety that you are the beloved of God? One of my favorite authors, Brendan Manning, a broken down, recovering alcoholic priest, once said this, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. God loves you for Jesus' sake, and God loves you from here and now all the way to heaven. Sealed in Christ is Viviana Marie Giuliano, sealed in Christ with the community of the faithful at St. John's Lutheran Church in Orange and the whole church throughout the world, reborn through the washing of the water and the Spirit. We are beloved. We are loved and sealed. The covenant and the promise of Jesus. So what do you hear? And what is said in your soul 
when you close your eyes. Jesus would have you hear these words, I love you, words that give life and peace and calm for our soul, words that still our hearts when things are raging around us, things that when the culture says you got to identify yourself, we nod and say, I've taken care of that through faith in Jesus Christ. It's that love, the voice of God that says, I love you, that roots our lives in something that is not just a a blip on the screen or a dot on the timeline of humanity. But we are reminded that God's love started when He was lifted up on the cross, sealed when He was lifted up on the cross, and that our lives are rooted in something bigger than us, And something of a promise of love that goes into all eternity. For God so loved you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.